Some one They're going to the second round. This is the All In Leafs Playoffs Podcast. The best Leafs content from TSN 1050, all in one place. Holy Mackinac! Hour four, first up here on TSN Radio, Aaron Karolnik, Carlo Koliakovo with you. Welcome Jerry D, a man who requires no introduction into the program in just a minute. He's got a big show tomorrow night in Thunder Bay, Ontario. You ever been to Thunder Bay before? Um, can't say that I have. How far is Thunder Bay from Toronto? Well, is that where, like a significant? That's where Julia's from. Oh, okay. Eric Stahl? Yeah. Mark Stahl, our enemies, though. They're on the Florida Panthers What do you now. do in Thunder Bay? I don't know. I know you fish. Well, you go see Jerry D's concert There tomorrow. you go. Right. Yes. Um, let's welcome him in. Jerry D, actor, comedian. He's got all. He defeated James Duthie in that match a couple of years ago. He's done it all. Yeah. And now that's he's on man. first stop. Jerry, good morning. How are you? Good morning, golfer. Yeah, you forgot golfer. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm still trying to be a golfer. Are you, are you teeing it today, Jerry? No, no, we had had Duffy on earlier. He's playing in this five degree weather. I mean, is there a certain threshold for you? He he has to play. He's got to play as much as he can. I can take days off. (laughs) Your short game is immaculate. It is true. You you are a wizard of the wedge. Uh, There's no doubt about it. So um, we had uh, Will Arnett on our station yesterday. I don't know if you know Will at all. but I did. Yeah, uh, I do, and I saw that he was on, yeah. And Will committed to getting a tattoo of Wendell Clark on his back if the Leafs were to win the Stanley Cup. Is there any type of proclamation that you'd like to make on the same radio station? Uh, maybe a tattoo, maybe something else you'd do if the Leafs were to win, Jerry. I, uh, I don't see me getting a tattoo. Wendell Clark was my favorite player, too, I, I, I would say, or Carlo, one of those two. But <laughs> Good answer. I think, yeah, you aren't. Um, I don't even know if you played that. I don't even remember. Did you play it a little bit? I did, yeah. Yeah, you no, know. You're, yeah, you're come great. on, Jerry. You're just being the comedian. The dry humor is coming out. I will tell you a story. I was coaching Wexford Raiders Tier 2. I was an assistant coach, and we were trying to recruit Carlo and his brother. Kind of funny, eh? He was probably 16, That's 15. right. I do remember <clears> that. Yeah. Yeah. What so happened? You, you went from coaching no. to being a comedian. How did the players just might not must not have taken you serious? <laughs> I uh, think I was a comedian then, but uh, I think Carlo, you were you were with the the Senators. I forget this saga Senators. Yes. See, yes. I got a good memory. Um, you do. No, I don't. I won't get a tattoo. Um, I don't know what I'll do. I, I'm just going round around. I, I'm going to the game tonight. Um, I I just love it. I'm just I just hate when it ends. I hate when the Masters ends, and I hate when this playoff run ends. And I have a little group chat with, you know, I was on a show with Dennis Leary and Jay Baruchel. So it's like he's Jay's a Montreal fanatic. I'm a Leaf fanatic, and Dennis is a Boston Bruins fanatic. And we've done this for about three years now. Where, you know, this is the first time I've been the last one standing. Like this is the first time. So. You know, it's uh, it's really exciting to be in this position as a fan, for sure. Jerry D is our guest, comedian, actor, friend of the program. Go ahead. Go so on. you're right. It's it's new territory for us too, just talking about the lease because we can bury all the jokes of the past. But how does that affect your job as a comedian? I mean, I would imagine that a lot of your jokes over the past couple of years involved taking shots at the Maple Leafs? Does that change now with your 
with uh, with your show approach? I don't have one joke taking shots at the Well, that, that, that's, that's Joe Biden I mean, that that in Canadian just, Parliament, right? That's, that's true. That's his thing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I don't joke about their, their, their lack of success. But we're just, there's a lot of demands being in this city, as you know, playing here. It's, yeah. it's you know, it's a cup or nothing. Like, we're, we're, we're only going to be really happy. But I think this year we're a little happier. It's a Very, little calmer, yes. little calmer after the first round. I, I honestly, you know, I had a show in uh, Winnipeg, of all places, the night the Leafs were, uh, they won two one in overtime, and I literally had to, excuse me, I'm watching the show in the green room, and I had to go on stage, at one all, and I'm like, oh, this is so. I was, <laughs> you, I couldn't, was you couldn't post, I, you couldn't delay it and say, yeah, show's was, being delayed till it's over. I was this close to putting my phone on my stool and just keeping an eye on it, but it would have it would have been too hard to perform. So obviously I didn't. But when I got off and my buddy, I got a you know a couple buddies that texted me. They did it, and I'm like, it just didn't feel like they were going to ever do it. So that was a great feeling. You just you're just so used to you know the tease, and then it's like it's over and. Now, obviously, you know, losing the first game of, of round two, uh, which I thought they looked great. And, I, it, it, yeah, it's um, – I, I get so mad at the refs. I don't know. I know <laughs> no different when you coach. Uh, and it was funny because when he called that tripping penalty on – I don't know. They, they scored on the delayed McCabe. goal. It and, was McCabe on – tripping penalty on McCabe on Kachuk. It yeah. was a delayed penalty and they scored, yes. which it, Yeah, which it is a trip, I guess. But the ref, uh, the ref thought about it because his hand was late, and I was right in front of the ref. So he was thinking, no, because he'd missed a trip behind. I just find they're kind of picking spots sometimes, and it, sometimes it works for us too. So I'm not complaining, mm. but it's you get right into it. It's a, it's an emotional. I don't know how players play in it. I'd be like, hey, look, this is too much for me. Just I'll be a healthy scratch tonight. <laughs> that, that that was Carlos' approach. No, oh, that's Frank Carrado's <laughs> approach, not mine. <laughs> I wanted to play in these games, and I just I just want to touch on that, Jerry, because from I, like you make a great point, and what I try to tell people all the time: when I played, I never ever felt as nervous as I do watching. Because when I played, yeah. it's like you're in the game and you find a way to settle in. You're just playing a game. When you're when you're watching, you have you have no impact on what happens because you're not playing, and that's where I feel like the nerves come in. So I can understand how you're feeling about it because sometimes I feel the same way. Watching, but I think when you're playing, when you're playing, you're so good to be at that level. And and you know, most of us, if not all of us, watching are not that good, so we can't relate. To any of this but when you're on the ice you're one of the best in the world it's probably you know you've just done this since you were a kid you've always been the eyes have always been on you yeah. I think you you progress towards that but yeah I, I would think it's a nervous excitement like you know when you when you go out as a player uh, as a fan it's it's the same I'm ner- I'm nervous for the day of the game and that's that's ridiculous well, it's ridiculous that I'm nervous as a fan. But, well, but here's know. the thing: the roles can be reversed here because you're a comedian. You perform in front of thousands of people. I mean, if I was to do yeah. your job, yeah, up on stage, I'd be nervous as hell. And I believe it was yeah. Michael Landsberg that taught me once when I started to get into this position post career and I started to do like MCs and public speaking events, stuff like that. He told me he said the best position you can put yourself in when you're speaking in front of people to feel comfortable is to picture everybody that's looking at you 
naked just so that you feel comfortable. Yeah, do, you, do you feel the I, same I think, way? I think Landsberg made that up. Never heard that one before. <laughs> I mean, what's what yeah, is your old, what is your what is your yeah. comfort when you're in sta- out on stage uh, in front of that many people? Uh, I I don't I'm past that part. Like I I had all that, but I never pictured the naked thing is an old cliche that people <laughs> say to help kids get through it. I guess or or COs, but. I think the greatest fear people have, from what I've heard, is public speaking. Like, I've done shows with CEOs of major companies pacing in the background, terrified. Like, they don't, they, and they don't have to be funny. Like, you add the layer of funny. So, uh, for me, I was never that guy that was nervous speaking in front of, you know, it, it's the same thing. Like, it's just, you're in your comfort zone. When you're in your comfort zone, it comes naturally. But what, what's funny to me about, like, my wife said to me, I think it was last year. She's like, wow, you're really like, you really are into the, the Leafs playoffs. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she goes, so what happens if they win for you? I'm like, what? She goes, well, what, what does that do? Like, what do you get out of that? <laughs> well, I, it is a good point. It's like, have you thought yeah. about it? What what does it do? No, I mean, it just I, I it gives know. you bragging well, rights, right? Well, I, I think it does so many things. Again, Jerry D is our guest. Like, we number one, the entertainment and the investment you have not only all the regular season games you watch this year, Jerry, but we're talking about decades here of futility, yeah. inability to win. So it's a vindication that kind of comes full circle. And it's a fan base that has so much passion. And if they were to somehow get it done, much like we saw in 2019 when the Raptors won, I can only imagine in 2023. But I, yeah, but I'm not going to a parade. I'm not standing. You're you're, at a MC, you're MCing the parade, Jerry. What are you talking That's, about? So now we're talking. Now That's we're big talking. money. <laughs> I, I, as long as Will doesn't want to do it. No, well, I, yeah, um, that's your own. That's all. He's, he's going to unveil his Wendell I, Clark tattoo at the, at the parade. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That'll. Uh, yeah, I always just. I grew up. You know. I mean, I'm older than you guys, but it comes from collecting hockey cards. You know, I, I'm leaving the game the other night. I run into Daryl Sittler. Like that's the guy I would watch as a ten year old and. It's just, I think it's part of life. And my son is 10 and couldn't care less. And it, it, it bugs me so much that I'm like, how did you come from me? Like, how do you not <laughs> care ab- at all about this? I yeah. said to him, do you want to go to the game? Like, I took a buddy, but do you want to go to the game? He said, I have a headache. Like, really? <laughs> you have a headache? Like, just say no. I thought my wife was the only person yeah. that made is, that is, excuse. Is your son an NBA player, Jerry? You're just like, ah, oh, I got calf soreness, can't show up. He's a volleyball player waiting for the World Volleyball League to start or something. I don't wow. know. He's hey, volleyball's no... big in Europe, buddy. Yeah, it volleyball's is. huge, man. Yeah. I, love, I love that he's into it. And I'm taking my wife tonight. It was her birthday yesterday, and oh. I'm going tonight with my wife. She's She's not like me, obviously, but she's excited, and um, yeah, it, it'll be fun. I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they would, would, they, well, they have to win tonight. That's what I think. I don't, I don't yeah. buy this. Yeah. You're, you know, you're two down going on the road. I think they have to win, and I think they will. I think yeah. they looked the better team the other night. Yeah, I, I we, we feel the same way. Um, you know, there's. Hey, can I ask you something, Carlo? Sure. As a, as a yeah. hockey guy. Like I found, because I was right by the their goal. I found they, they're, they're. I don't know if this is. I'm just their scouting report was shoot high on that guy because every shot was high. Would that? Would I be reading into that? Uh, which goalie are we talking about? The Leafs the, or shoot, the Leafs? The Leafs shooting on uh, the goalie. Like, 
Is there a is there a scouting report like shoot high on him because every shot was high? Yeah, and I think the scouting away. report on Bobrovsky before last game was high blocker side. <laughs> well, he probably knew that too because he was on his blocker. Like he's and yes, there's goalie coaches, there's video yeah. sessions, there's all this pre scout for players that have the scouting well, I didn't reports like, like it, Carlo. Well, okay, I didn't so like what it. if your scouting report on Bobrovsky? What do you think the scouting report should be? How they should score goals? Well. When you shoot high, half of them are over the net. Agreed. So that's like that. Would, that was what I was catching. But I, I don't, I don't have a scouting report. I mean, I, I don't have. I mean, I'm not. No, no. I'm I guess saying, no. I would switch it halfway. I would be like, look, you know, maybe I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I think there's a lot of psychology in it. Maybe that he's going to be thinking they're going high. So I don't know. I mean, I was just, I was just saying as a fan, I'm watching. Then you go back and watch the game and the number of shots that. Good opportunities they had, and Nylander, I don't know what he was saying. I think he wanted, he was in the wrong end that one play. I think <laughs> no he kidding. Thought, this was road hockey, and I'm just going to switch teams for half a second. But <laughs> they, uh, they just looked like they were going over the net a lot, and I'm like, I wonder if they are, their scouting reporters to shoot high. Well, but it's anyway. a good thing your coaching career didn't last long because uh, you didn't give me a scouting report right. on the goalie, and that would be uh, – Well, I'm not a goalie. I'm well, not a goalie but okay, could could we agree on this scouting report for goalies? What worked for them against Vasilevsky in Tampa Bay? Shots on wow. net with traffic. Screening, I think. Yep, right. But that's every goalie. That's how right. they scored on us the other night. Like, I think I think a waist high shot that is below off the ice is seems to be the the the, the, the little wrist shot from the points or what are the, the, they're the ones that seem to be finding the net in all mm. these series. These these little wrist shots. The goals they scored were great. You know, they, they got him going the other way, and they had these nice – but those were just – those that goalie has no chance on those. That's not his fault. But the, the shots from the point, and there was a couple. We almost scored a few of those too. So, right. But, I mean, I'm not, I don't know anything about goalies. Nothing. Well, if you, if, you had, if you had recruited Paulo Koliakov all those years ago, your career might be very different. Maybe you're coaching the Maple Leafs. You never know. You never know. Uh, Jerry, thank you so much for doing this. Make sure to check out Jerry's tour. If you live in Thunder Bay and you listen to First Stop, you got to go tomorrow night yes. because Jerry will be chirping any uh, Stahl brother fans out there for losing yeah, game, two. Right. Yeah. game two. That's right. Game two. Right. So a lot of, a lot of Stahl. Hopefully Stahl has a blunder tonight. Yes. You can have a nice exactly. joke for him on stage tomorrow. Exactly. He's a big boy, man. He's yeah. a beast. He's yes. huge. A couple of them on, uh, on Florida. Thank right. you for doing yeah. this, Jerry. It's okay, uh, always a pleasure. Guys, Enjoy the games. Yeah, Happy birthday to your wife yes. from us, pal. That's, Jer- right, that's uh, Jerry D. He's got shows in Thunder Bay, Calgary, Edmonton, and Glace Bay, Nova Scotia. Coming up. You're listening to the All In Leafs Playoffs Podcast. The best Leafs content from TSN 1050, all in one place. To hear more of First Up, tune in weekday mornings from 6 till 10. This is the All In Leafs Playoffs Podcast. The best Leafs content from TSN 1050, all in one place. Bless you, boys! And let's bring in former Florida Panther, host of Missing Curfew podcast, Scotty Opshaw. How's it going, Scotty? 
Hi, Julia. Uh, things are great. Living a little Southern California lifestyle here, a little rain today. But I think that's because my Oilers lost last night, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. How I, I, that happens, though? Leon Dreisaitl, four goals, and they take the L. I mean, Pavelski, you know, another you know guy who played in SoCal for forever, obviously. But that's back-to-back nights now where guys have put four in the back of the net and end up being on the loser side. Yeah, no, I mean, not just guys, right? These are two, uh, these are two absolute all-stars and, and playoff performers. And you look at the history of Pavelski and, and what he's been able to do, I think you know, he's up there in all-time American goal scoring and just, just a guy you want the puck on his stick in big games like that. And to come back off injury, that was uh, special to see. You know, you, you hate to see teams lose their players. And, and in moments like that last, uh, last game for Dallas, it was really great to see have back um and then i what can we say about uh the animal leon dreisaitl i mean this guy is doing it at all ends of the rink he's engaged i'd like to see a little bit more of the leafs play like leon dreisaitl because i think if uh when you have that attitude you go in you 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 basically say like no one's going to knock me off the puck i'm going to control the game i'm going to let the other team do what they do and i'm going to you know i'm just going to beat them um it was a great performance by leon last night obviously they fell short a lot of goals being scored so that's exciting um but yeah overall overall great performances by a couple of great players there well you, you talk about the Leafs needing to to play that way to be that leon dry type of player i mean there's a guy in this market who has you know similar build body type as leon dry in austin matthews and you know last 48 hours a lot of the conversation has been around makachuk being him in this series like, shouldn't that motivate guys like Austin to, to elevate their game and be the Leon Dreisaitl of this series and go out and just say, no, 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 I'm the guy here and lead his team to victory? Yeah, like the way I look at this series from, a, you know, from an ex-player is like, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously we all know it's been so long since you get past the first round. Um, with that, there's some, you know, there's some highs. There's some, you know, let's pat each other on the back. Yes, we did it. But now it's like, okay, guys, there's still 12 wins left to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, we're facing a team right now that, um, you know, just took down basically Goliath here. The, this team is, is running on all cylinders. They're goaltending. You know, Bobrovsky right now is playing like, you know, he's got something to prove. He's, he's playing like everyone in that Toronto Maple Leaf dressing room should be playing, right? Like something to prove, so prove people wrong. Um, and to me – you know, what do the Leafs have to do? you got to take care of this head of the snake, and that right now is Matty Kachuk. And, and what he's doing, whether it's, you know, throwing a big check to start the game off or, uh, you know, three assists, keeping the play on his stick, you know, just being, being a guy that's leading by example physically and then putting the puck in the net offensively, I mean, it's a, it's a double-edged sword right there, and the Leafs cannot wait. You can't wait in a round like this because – you know, you let one go, game two is so important because Florida, this team's feeling it right now and going back in their building, if by chance you go down to it's trouble. Yeah, it definitely would be. What do you think of, just from a player perspective, just the, the narratives that are coming out of the Florida Panthers room? They're really riding the underdog narrative hard. Um, do you think it's just lip service or, or are these guys actually playing that free right now? No, you, you know what? You gotta you gotta love the way they uh, they're handling themselves, and I think it starts with Paul Maurice. Uh, the guy's been there before. You look at you know the coaching, um, you know the coaching differentials here with with Sheldon Keith, a new guy who yeah. really you know shows his emotion on the bench. You can tell he's really worked up. 
Paul Maurice is calm, cool, collective. Obviously, we've seen him snap in Toronto a few weeks before the season ended. But this guy's been there before. He's a leader. He knows how to get their guys going. He's, you know, watching that goaltender change in the first round when Bobrovsky went in and he said, this is his net. He's the veteran. This is his, this is his time to shine, and he's our guy. You know, little things like that are what, um, you know, when you, when you look at teams and how they – they continually climb the mountain, right? One step, you know, over another. Um, this team's doing it, and they're feeling it. Their their younger players are chipping in. Their defense is what you know the Gudis and the Mark Stalls. These guys are they're playing great hockey right now. And Brandon Montour, I mean, what he's been able to do, his shot's been electric. He's he's always in the play. Um, he's handling himself in his own zone, which is the question mark. But when you're putting in four goals as a defenseman against the Boston Bruins and you're coming out against the Leafs and scoring a big goal for them there, I mean, it's, um, that, that's when you know you're, you, as I say on my podcast, you're feeling it. Feeling you know, it. You're just feeling it. Uh, chatting with Scotty Upshaw, former Florida Panther host of the Missing Curfew podcast. You brought up, um, you know, Bobrovsky. And, and, you know, when you watch him play, you know, he's kind of turned the clock back to what he was years ago. Um you think this is for real? Like, is, is, has Bobrovsky kind of finally put it together here for the Panthers and could take him on a long run? Or is he just on kind of a, a hot run right now? There's a reason why someone uh, stepped up and gave him the contract, you know, that he did. This guy played in Columbus for years and was a guy that, that basically, you know, rode that team on his back. And, you know, he deserved his contract at the time. He went to South Florida, a lot of – a lot of Russian-born players like that that lifestyle in South Florida. I can't can't say I didn't either, um, but it, it takes a little while to kind of to to fit in, right? To to like find your to find your well-being down there, to find your game, and and we've seen it last year. Um, he struggled a little bit this year, but right now goaltending is all about you know making that last save uh, before the whistle, you know, before the buzzer goes to to put your team ahead of the game. Um, and for me, when, when a guy like Bobrovsky, who has a history of, you know, liking those big moments, um, it's a guy that you got to watch out for. So, you know, for Toronto Maple Leafs, it's what do you do? Well, what worked against Vasilevsky in the first round? It was, it was standing in front of him, shooting pucks from the point, getting rebounds, uh, creating havoc in front of him. It, it's got to be the same mentality here. It's got to be, you know, no perimeter play. Let's get inside. Let's work on their D. Let's play below the goal line and let's make it hard on Bobrovsky. Every time that puck goes on net, we got to be standing right in front of him. Yeah. Did you feel like in that first game, Scotty, that it was almost like they got a little cute after taking down Tampa? Yeah. Like, well, that's what I, you know, in a, in a round like this, it's, you, you can't wait around. It's like game sevens, right? Where, you know, all of a sudden if, if halfway through the first period, you really haven't found your legs yet. It, it's too late. So starting the second round, like it's one thing to try to settle in, but, it can't be too late. Like you got it. You got to go for it now. Now the first period, Austin Matthews has a breakaway, puts one high, you know, off a knob. They get a power play. They don't score. You know, so maybe had that, you know, had there been a different fortune for them in the earlier game one, things might have turned and they would have played with the lead. Uh, they wouldn't have felt like they were chasing the game. But again, you know, this this game tonight, I look at you know what I'm thinking tonight. I I expect the Leafs to come out and score first. I expect there to be. You know, a lot of uh, physical play, like, you know, the Luke Shens of the world are going to be coming out and, and showing, you know, just, hey, you guys aren't going to come into our building two games in a row and, and mess us around. So uh, I'm expecting a hot start from these guys. 
you know, try to bury your chances, try to get in front of them, make it hard on their D, and, and good things will happen. I'm curious to get an outsider's kind of kind of viewpoint on this, someone who's not in the market. Mitch Marner named a, a finalist for the Selkie Award. Was this a surprise for, for some guys who were out of the market, or is his 200-foot reputation kind of starting to build league-wide? Yeah, no, you, you make a good point. I, um, you know, when I used to play against Marner back in the day, uh, the one thing I noticed on him was just how, how how good of a stick he has. You know, most guys in my era of playing in the in the early 2000s, you you went body first and stick on puck last. And you know, Marner had a great stick. Uh, he could play penalty kill. He was put out, you know, in last moments of games. He was relied on to, you know, to be a good player uh, at 200 foot game. So no, I'm not surprised. I don't think anyone in the league surprised. I mean, just watch when the puck's on his stick and he's and he's in one of those games that you know he wants the puck and he wants to be the guy. Uh, just the playmaking ability he has, uh, the shutdown ability. Um, he, he's got all the tools. Now it's you know, a nomination for the Selkies one thing, but you know, lifting the Stanley Cup for the city of Toronto would be a, would be the ultimate goal. And I think these guys. You know, I think they realize just how hard it takes and how much you got to step outside your comfort zone. Each and every player has to step outside their comfort zone if you want to, you know, become a champion. And uh, I think that has trickled in their room with the Ryan O'Reilly pickup, um, with bringing Chen back in the lineup. You know, these guys know just how hard it is to win, and I think that that presence from those guys is what's, what's being felt in that room. Yeah, lifting a cup for the city of Toronto. So I'll be I, honest. I, I thought I thought you were going to actually say I think they're going to do it this year. I thought it was confident that, that you're yet. going to make that prediction, but not willing to go there yet, though, huh? No, I heard that conversation well, you were having with Ob on missing curfew about the Oilers winning the Stanley Cup and how good it would be for hockey. I think you said something like Connors yeah. to lose if they take down LA. I listen. I'm a big Oiler guy. I have my jersey. I got a little jersey for my daughter. Um, you know, being from Fort McMurray, Alberta, it's yeah, it was in my blood, right? But yeah. but what I see right now is a team that's on a mission. It's it's whether or not the goaltending can Stuart Skinner be a guy that's going to steal games, right? You need a goalie that can steal games. And you know, if you look in the West right now, Ottinger's the guy that can do it. Um, Groove Hours proven himself in the first round that he can steal games. Can Stuart Skinner be a guy that can show, you know, the world right now because he's on a stage of, like no other? Can he be a young goalie that's going to that t- take these guys to the promised land? So what do you think would be better for, for hockey, even though I know you're, you're oil country all the way? Connor McDavid, <laughs> big superstar, but, yeah. but God bless him, a little bit yeah. of a boring guy, or the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah. It's a good question. It's a good question, Julia. I, listen, I think Connor McDavid needs to be – there needs to be uh, young kids around the world witness the best player in the world lift the Stanley Cup. Austin and Matthews. No, I'm just kidding. Keep going. I, <laughs> I love – you guys really think Austin Matthews No, is no, honestly, player. I don't. No, Last no. year there was a well, conversation I, 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 to be had, but this year there's no conversation. There's, there's so, so many parts of his game that aren't there, but Connor, listen, Toronto Maple Leafs, they deserve a Stanley Cup. It's been forever. Um but the Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid, um, to me, that's, that's what the NHL uh, – that's what I want to see. That's what the NHL wants to see. There's too many kids out there with McDavid jerseys that, uh, you know, that they deserve this. I think this is their year. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I think when you look at the – like, here's the thing that I find so interesting. You look at how round one kind of 
finished. And Colorado were kind of favorites in the West. They get eliminated by Seattle. They look out East. Obviously, Boston was kind of the favorites by a landslide out here. And, and they're also eliminated. Tampa's gone. So there's a lot of teams. The Rangers were another team that people kind of liked as a, as a veteran group. There's a lot of teams that got out in round one that were considered kind of favorites. I, I, it, it's kind of wide open right now, though, isn't it? Wide open. A lot of brackets got messed up in the first round. I went, I went uh, seven for eight, so I got to be honest. I, I did pretty well. I, I missed Boston, but it is anyone's game. You know, when, when Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner got past Tampa, when you realize you're past the first round and there's only eight teams left, and then as you watch the other teams, like, finish that first round and you go, whoa, the Florida Panthers just took out Boston. Wow, Seattle. Who would have known they took out, you know, McKinnon and McCarr? Um, you know, the Minnesotas are out, Winnipeg, these teams that play really hard and tough. And you're like, okay, wow, there's, you know, there's a finish in sight here. I can see the finish line. Now, it's so hard to get there. But for me, um, you know, if you're, if you're a top dog left in the playoffs right now and you, you're showing up to the rink day in, day out, looking across your room at your teammates, you're going, guys, this is as good a chance as we'll ever get to hoist the Stanley Cup and to continue to play hockey into June. Um, let's take advantage of this, right? Like, let's not give up anything. Let's leave it all out there and let's see what happens. Let's let these cards fall. And, and you know, at the end of the day, you look around and you say, this, this was as good of a chance as we've ever had. Yeah, it's interesting because probably every team left feels that way. Uh, I know a yeah. long way to go, but I'm sitting here dreaming of a potential Toronto-Edmonton <laughs> Stanley Cup final. You're listening to the All In Leafs Playoffs Podcast. The best Leafs content from TSN 1050, all in one place. To hear more of Leafs Lunch, tune in weekdays from noon till 2. The Leafs have won it! They're going to the second round! This is the All In Leafs Playoffs Podcast. The best Leafs content from TSN 1050, all in one place. You know, tonight's a big one, game it two. It is a big one. It's I, a big one. I can't get a feel. I've been saying this all along. You're watching games. You're like, okay, that team looks good. That team looks good. And all of a sudden, it's like the score doesn't kind of match what you were thinking going in. And I, I can't get a feel. All I know is that they need a response tonight. Like, yeah. regardless of of how, you know, we think it's going to lay out. There's no real lineup changes. Hey, you, Hazy, we're talking like Lafferty's Lafferty going in. And, that's it. Yeah. But it's, it's, you just need to. You need 10% more from everyone on that I think roster. more, Jamie. And I we talked about it yesterday. There's only so many more kind of throwaway efforts or throwaway periods. And I think you can take something if you – I don't know if these guys watch the other games, but if you watch what Carolina brings to the ice, and they're just one example, it's almost the standard thing every night. Mm-hmm. They're going to work their tails off. They're going to pressure pucks. In the formula, it's out there. And it's executed almost to perfection every night. And some right. nights they might lose to a goaltender. They might lose to a Jack Hughes hat trick or something. But they're putting that out there every night. And Toronto has got to start doing that. It's not like they dominated the Tampa series. Sure, they got to give themselves a pat on the back for winning that series. But there's got to be an understanding. There's another level, and they're running out of time to get to it. That's fair. Because if they want to go the distance, they've got to put together stretches where they're like, 
if we put that 60 minutes out there, the other team can't compete. Mm -hmm. And they have not done a good enough job. They did it once in that last series, and that was game two, right? Yeah. And that was a blowout. And that was was like, you can't even really make a proper read on that. They've got to get more consistent. And the A game from everybody, it's not, they can't be asking questions. Where was that guy in the second period? Where was this guy? It's Mm got to be, we were all out there. We gave it everything. And we won or we lost or we got to get better. There's no, there's no, there's, there's only eight teams left, man. The runway for throwaway periods and lackluster second yep. periods, whatever, it can't happen. Yeah. Well, and here's another thing that I would I would tag to that is you got to start owning home ice. They're one yeah. in three at Scotiabank in the which playoffs. Is, I mean, which is the road team has been dominating absolutely right through the playoffs. For you got to get going part. at you home. Got, you, you have to got to use that to to really get excited. And the fans have been doing their part, but you've said this before. Give them something to cheer about. Then they get behind you. You know, you can't, you can't allow a go early, and that takes the, the wind out of the balloon. It's really the same thing we, we witnessed, you know, 10 days ago. And just because they came out rocking against Tampa and ran away with that game doesn't mean it's going to happen tonight. But it's the same formula. You've right. got to score first. Samson has been really good this year coming off a loss. Yeah. Really good. Veteran teams come out and impose their will tonight. Agreed. Like a veteran good team at home, they come out and they impose their will. I don't know what Jersey does in Carolina, game two. I don't. Right. Um, I think Edmonton responds and probably wins game two. But Dallas, I think, has a way better effort and wins. And the same logic should apply to the Leafs. But the Leafs need to prove that they weren't satisfied with just getting through the first round. Like, we might get an answer on that tonight. Because the, the effort was... Fine, but it, it, that's not good enough in the playoffs in game one. Right. Like, you got to be better than you were in game one. You need to increase across the board. And if you don't see that, even if they win, yeah. like, you don't have to explain a win. But wow. there might be some cracks in the armor, even with a win tonight, that could be a little bit concerning. Tonight should be an absolutely dominant effort and performance. Doesn't mean you're guaranteed, yeah. you know, to run away with the win, but you got to be the better team what, tonight. You have maybe to be. it was a wake-up call that their approach – and it might have been subconscious, and it's obviously not on purpose. It just seemed like the approach was, man, we didn't get Boston. Yeah. And But it had, they had to wake up and say, you know what? We got an angry Florida team here. Yes. And that's well, what we've got. Yeah. And what do you think Florida's saying right now? Like, it, like Smelling blood. Well, you get game one on the road. Like you, you can joke and say, well, we're happy with our split. Or you say, hey, we'll double down and put this team in a really tough spot. So... Again, the Leafs are going to throw everything they got at Florida. Florida's going to have to be at least at the top of their game, try to be defensively. That's one thing. I feel like this, the style of this series is a lot different than the style of the Tampa series. Tampa can, they have the ability, because they've got that pedigree, to tighten things up. Florida, I, I still feel like they're a slightly looser team. Yeah. Especially they're, in the neutral fine. zone. Like, well, you saw fine. that the like, other they're, night. They're fine. To, like, hey, you want to give us a chance? We'll go this way. Like, we'll see. Bob makes some good saves. Like, let's go back. And and that top line, would you call it the top line? I guess that, that Kachuk line. I think wherever he's playing, that has to be okay, so considered. They, but they you're right. Barkov's on the other line. They had some sustained pressure in there where they didn't have an answer for him. Now, I expect, and we were talking off air, I expect a better effort from guys who didn't have a great game. Mm-hmm. Giordano. You know, Brody and McCabe. Brody, McCabe, like those guys, there, there was physicality, but there wasn't that meanness. Like I, there wasn't, not that I want scrums, but I think that you've got to play for keeps in here is like, this is an investment. There were some big hits in game one, but there wasn't that, 
irritability. And I don't know if that just builds over bad hits and over time. Tampa, you could tell there was emotion in that series mm-hmm. because they played each other. The Leafs knew what they were up against. They, they really brought it. And there were scrums. There were face washing. There was ch- chattering. There was fights. I don't know if, if Florida would take it to the ground, but I, the Leafs have to impose their that emotion Absolutely. into the game. Yeah, because like the Tampa series was a year in the making, really, and certainly months in the making where both sides knew exactly what was coming. Yeah. Leafs, Lightning, game one in Toronto. And they were preparing that for a long time. And I think a combination of things may have applied to the mentality and the, the execution or lack thereof on game one which is not an excuse. It should not happen. Right. But a combination of, okay, you're breathing because you got through Tampa. It's Florida, not Boston. And Leafs had an extra day off. Panthers are tired. They're flying up. Like all of these different mental hurdles may have gone against the Leafs, and that's that should never happen in the playoffs. Like there should never right. be an example of, oh, we're just going to let that one go. And it's subconscious, obviously. I mean, they didn't show up thinking we're going to hand them a win. Right. But their effort was not nearly good enough, and the execution was not good enough. And it starts with Samsonov tonight. I mean, he's he's got to be really good, and then it plays out from there. I think the defensive pairings, you know, Brody and McCabe had a tough night I think the on multiple occasions. Yeah, I think yeah. the goaltender has a strong response after. His numbers are really good. Really like, good, so it's a positive thing. But yep. he's got those greasy goals we've seen, like that little – Essiemont goal from Tampa, five-hole. That's crushing, man. Yeah, that was game five. Yeah, I can't have any softies. No, that's the thing, right? If your team is coming out, gripping the stick, if they're nervous or if they're just, you know, getting Bobrovsky'd, then you got to match it. You know, it's tough to say how this game's going to play out. The stakes are high. It's kind of like a bit of a chess match sometimes to start the game, and if a softie goes in, it it totally changes everybody's mindset. Mm Yeah. So he's got to be, he's got to stand tall and, today. And if you look at even for example last night's template, there is going to be breakdowns. So you know I thought the Oilers defensively had some really big blunders. Yep. And you expect the goalie, like this is when it's I come back to the timely saves. If you're going to give up four. Sometimes we're ha- look at the numbers through the playoffs. They're not great on every goalie for the most part. Haven't been great. But give us the save when you need it. When there is a massive breakdown, like give us that big save. You're like, the guy just kept the game close, kept us in it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see it last night. You know, there were some breakdowns where certainly, you know, Nurse, bad read in the neutral zone, and former Leaf right-handed shot. Mario walks in. You need that save. Yep. Even though it's a good shot, you need that save because that's a timely save. That's what Samsonov, for me, delivered for the most part in, in round one. Yep. Might need to do it again tonight. Imagine Absolutely. a coach how mad you'd be, like, Woodcroft after the games. There's some stuff we really got to clean up. Like, imagine having to say that after a playoff. I know. Well, Keith did you it the other to, night. I know. It's Happens like you're drilling this yeah. stuff into their heads all year long. You get into the most important time of the season, and you're having to say, we got to clean yeah. some stuff That's up. not us. Yeah. That's not how we usually play. Well, well, you might want to play how you usually play. It's the second round. Yeah. Might want to snap out of it. But, but it's, like, I'll grant you that November, December. Yeah. Give it a shot. But come on, it, find yourself. It is. And, and, and it applies to all eight teams that are left. You know, I thought Carolina looked quite dominant. That though, was like a textbook. Struck, like, struck. Ray was saying it in the third period. He's like, they have played like a perfect formula. Gave up nothing, scored when they were supposed the to. Stocks were 11 1 yeah. at one point where you're like, 
I don't even know if they're being overlooked, man, because of the injuries. Understandably so, right? Like Tara Vinen's out now. Svechnikov, Pacioretty. If Freddie Anderson can hold up, and they can, they they could pressure their way right to the cup. They're just going to system their way all the way through. Well, here's what I'll say though. We said that about Jersey the first two games about the Rangers. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, a little overwhelmed, young kids, all that. Adjustments need to be made. That's why I don't get too excited or down after one game because the series is the game within the game. Be interesting to see how New Jersey adjusts to what Carolina's thrown at them. Their mindset is we just need one. Mm -hmm. We need one in Carolina. Edmonton's going to try and do the same thing. The, the Seattle's Leafs, already done. Seattle's Florida's already, already done. done. The Leafs have to do it here on home ice. Yes, in their building tonight. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, the Leafs and the Stars night. You got to counter. You got to win at home, and you're expected to win at home. You're both favored to win at home, and you know up front. Uh, I'm curious to see what he decides to do with Matthews, Marner, William Nylander. Like Nylander is now, he's under the microscope. He's got to have a night. He's yeah. he's got to have. A, that's a Willie game where he did that countless times during the regular season, where he was the best player on the ice, or he was capable of scoring two and changing a game. He is who he is in terms of, like, over the course of 60, he's going he's gonna to have ebbs and flows. That's how he plays. you got to take the, the bad with the good, but that means the good's got to be there, right. right? Like, it shouldn't be accepted that there are going to be times where he's going to airmail a check or he's going to be standing upright in a position where he needs to be more aware of where he is on the ice. But you can accept it if it's countered with a balance going the other way, and that's got to happen tonight. I would say the same thing to him that Peter Laviolette, Pat Quinn, and Paul Maurice said to me when it was kind of not going very simple. Be the hardest working player on the ice and let the chips fall after that. Mm-hmm. But you cannot go out there and, and float your way to getting back into this because it's just a, it, the league is too good. You well, are not you're not Mario Lemieux and you can't hang around in the slot. Although you have a good shot, that's not how you're going to get out of this. But so you've got you've got to get into a workmanlike mentality and be the hardest working guy on the ice and be on every puck and get on every four check and take it to the net and just start with that. It's mm-hmm. a very simple recipe. Yeah. Go out there Willie Nylander and be the hardest working guy on the ice and we can all live with everything else afterwards. Well, Pretty simple, man. Unless it's an off night, there's no gimmies out there. You do have to go earn it because, you know, game two where it was a seven, whatever it was, two, there was some gimmies there. It was just, the other team was out to lunch, and they worked hard and had a great night. But for the most part, it is going to be his work ethic. It is going to be maybe step out of his comfort zone, get into an area where you, you might have to take a hit to make a play or finish somebody to get that puck back. And that's where I think I, I said this and, and kind of defended him yesterday. That play where he has a clear lane to the net, if he puts that back to the point and they score, we're like, what vision on him. Like, yeah. Look at the patience. Look at the vision. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't score, because they lost the game, it just shines a light on it, right? Like that, yeah. you know, that play. When he wasn't alone the other night. No, he not wasn't at alone. All. Like he, he, was, he was okay, just okay. Yeah, lots and, of guys. You know, Marner was okay, just okay. It's fine, but that, that's my point is it's easy, it's easy to start to pick and go, well, that play shine a light on it, but if it works, you're like, wow. Or if you guy. win, no if one you cares win, either. It's like, hey, that play, whatever. Yeah. But if you don't win, then it's like, what was that guy doing? What was that guy doing? And, and I still think there's another level of physicality, even, you know, like I said, the grittiness. The other night I was looking at the goals. Now, the Matthew Nye's goal, 
It was a beautiful goal, beautiful pass. But I, I would argue there could have been two hits from Florida on that play. If you watch Matthew Kachuk stop short on Matthews on that play, where I, I thought to myself, you know, I don't know if that's a relationship, if that's he's trying to, you know, guard the point, but he could have run Matthews over right there. Yep. And he didn't, and allowed Matthews to seam it. And then Nyes with a beautiful play in front. But when you stop back, you could well, get you buried. can run him. You over probably too. should be buried. I think it was Ekblad that blew right past right. You, him. You know, you're reaching instead of going through the body. Now, yep. give Nyes credit. He ducked around a, a little bit of a hit, yep. made a stop back play. You don't expect you that. You don't expect that when you're coming back but, to defend. You know, just those are those are video coach plays where you just lay that in front of the player and go. That happens there next yeah. time. That guy needs a hit. And vice well, versa, Same too. thing, right? Like, I think the first goal the other night, Mitch Marner, just incredibly weak on Kachuk. He, he allowed Kachuk to basically toe-drag him and yeah. puts it back door, and it's in the net. That's on Mitch. Like, you got it. No one's expecting Marner to be physical, but you have to be dogged on the puck. Right. Like, you can't lose stick battles. You, right. you may get pushed out of some plays, but you, you can't lose IQ battles either. Right. You're listening to the All In Leafs Playoffs Podcast. The best Leafs content from TSN 1050, all in one place. To hear more of Overdrive, tune in weekdays from 4 to 7.